0: Welcome back to Be My Guest. Today, we're going to discuss a crisis that exists in every location in the country. It's what I call the caregiver crisis. Today, from Florida, we're joined by Annalee Krueger. She is the president of CareRight, Inc. We'll talk about the caregiver crisis and what everyday people can do, the issues to think about. Annalee, Welcome.
1: Good morning, and thank you for having me on again today. I appreciate the opportunity to provide some education to your listeners today.
0: You're based out of Florida, the Gulf Coast, is that right? And how long have you been there?
1: Uh, so I've been here since right before Hurricane Irma, so about oh. five years.
0: <laughs> Tell us how about CareRight? how you got started. What was the inspiration for you to start CareWrite, Inc.?
1: Yeah, so I started CareWrite in 2011. I used to be a social worker and executive director in long-term care communities Mm. in the Midwest. And every single day, part of my role, um, even as executive director, was to meet with the families and do the tours and share the information about the care community. And the, the, the challenge I ran into every single day for 18 years was that it's always the adult kids who are doing the tour. Um, because their parent was hospitalized, and the hospital says, "Here's a list of facilities. Go find one by noon tomorrow, because we're going to discharge." Right. And every single family was blindsided. Like the same thing every single day. Blindsided. Well, mom just got to the hospital, and I'm like, "So," and and they didn't know what questions to ask or what to look for, and there was all the family dynamics as part of that process too. Like, well, we never got along, and now I have to pick out where my parents going to live, or. What I would ask the kids, do your, does your dad have a living will? Is there a power of attorney? Is he a veteran? And the answers were always the same. I don't know. Our family doesn't talk about stuff like that. So in 2011, I decided to leave corporate America because clearly there's a problem out here in the, in the real world with families. Sure. Who just, they're not, they're not talking about the what winds of aging. And so mm. in 2011, I started CareRight Incorporated. I'm virtual I'm, I'm the only virtual still to this day, I believe, still the only virtual family and caregiver consultancy company in the in the country. Um I went virtual right away because 30 years ago when I first started working in long-term care, families lived down the street from each other. And sure, it of course, like They got along a lot better because they were there, they were present, they worked as a team when mom and dad needed something, and they had a relationship. But by 2011, families were already moving away from each other, and you got son in California, mom in Ohio, dad in Arizona, you know, and blended families and all this kind of stuff. So the only way for us to facilitate family meetings and help them with putting plans in place for the current care that is needed and future care that we know is going to be needed Um, and and start the dialogue with these families was to go virtual. So I've been a virtual uh, consultancy since 2011, and we have clients all across the country.
0: Is it your thought that generally there's a quarterback or a point guard, if I use a bad sports analogy, is that what you would encourage? Or is this by committee? How generally does that decision-making process in your experience occur?
1: So it seems to be kind of a natural progression because Usually, one of the adult kids will just step in, and, and they'll be—they end up being the primary caregiver, right? right? So if mom lives in Ohio, and that's where one of the daughters lives, the daughter gets the brunt of. Now, mom has 16 doctor's appointments this next, you know, this next month. Or mom fell, right. and so this is the daughter that meets at the hospital, and and so it just kind of happens, um, kind of organically in, in many cases. But the problem is that um, they get burned out and overwhelmed and resentful. And it's caregiving starts out feeling manageable. Like, yeah, I can do this. Cause it might be, they think that it might be temporary, but it's not, it just keeps going on and on. And parents need more and more care, attention, oversight, advocacy. And so what happens when you don't have an aging plan, cause we're going to talk about aging plans today, when you don't have an aging plan and you don't have this, these family meetings and you don't normalize communication about Aging, then you end up with family dynamics that are really quite awful. You know, there's resentment and there's animosity, there's I'm doing all of this and no one's helping me. I mean, those those are often those are often the cases that I'm working with. It's just true, total actual caregiver burnout. And so when families come to us and they're on their consult call, they're like, oh my gosh, you know, I I guess I didn't realize you know things were so bad. I thought, you know, you were just Complaining or whatever. And so family dynamics right. always come to a head when families are coming to us and working with us because, you know, it's a, it's an emotional time and there's a lot of sometimes decades of family stuff that, you know, family dynamics that we have to sort through while we're putting a plan in place for mom and dad and kind of outlining who who does what, like who steps in and who does this, who, who takes care of bill pay, who takes care of toileting and doctor's appointments and all this kind of stuff so we can get a lay of the land. And you can just see like that primary caregiver that that's been the one holding the reins of everything. They just, they start to just like, okay, now I can actually have a full night's sleep or I can take a full breath or I can get my marriage back on track or my career back on track because those are the things that suffer when you don't have an aging plan and you're thrust into that role of family caregiving.
0: I totally agree with that. I mean, in my experience of financial planning, it's not only the financial upheaval, the caregiver, for example, has to maybe take a hiatus from their career, Mm -hmm. put everything on hold. And yeah. you know, there's been some are there have been some information articles about that in the national press about this extra financial burden on the extended family. From your experience, is it how long does this take, or is this best handled? Well, let's start from the beginning. And you know, we don't have a map here, and I don't have a script. I didn't feed you any questions as usual here uh, because I just wanted to go by free form. But yeah. From your perspective, is that if you had the perfect situation and there's no perfect situation, I realize that, or is it best that multiple people kind of in planned phases in this instance, because it's awfully difficult, you're 50, you're 45, and you have to take off unknown periods of time from your work, your childcare, et cetera, other responsibilities of life.
1: Well, and that's why that those are all the things that we talk about during the family meetings. Because usually, mm-hmm. when families come to us, I would I would just hope and pray that I can catch families when they're starting to see the writing on the wall, the red flags, like oh, mom's lost weight, or dad's taking care of mom, he's starting to look tired, or. Mom and dad are falling, or they're in and out of the hospital. Those are the red flags. So that's like the best time that we could start working together because the family dynamics are still, you know, relatively good by then. It's, it's just as they wait, and thinking that things are going to get better, or they're in denial, and they just are clueless, and they're like, "Oh, wow! Now, now they're all of a sudden twenty pounds less, and they're six hospitalizations in the last year." Those. You know, the, the, the marks are always there. The red flags are always there. You just have to pay attention to them. So to answer your question, through the course of the family meetings, that that's when we talk about, okay, here's what needs to be done. This is the planning part. Here's what needs to be done for mom and dad to be safe, happy, have the best quality of life and the best quality of care possible. It might be eight or 10 or 15 hmm. or 20 things, depending on what the family's unique situation is that they present us with. And then it's like, okay, so here's what needs to be done. Who who wants to do it, or do we need to outsource it to like a home care company or a care manager, or how? Who who's going to fulfill the role that needs to be done for your parents to be safe and happy? So, if we
0: back up just a step here, then you know, from when you what you just commented, when, from your perspective, is the first time that someone reaches out to Anna Lee, right? I mean, when is in your ideal situation and there's no in my, ideal situation
1: in my you know. ideal well there is in my ideal <laughs> situation it's proactive it's when you're starting to see the writing on the wall and say hey you know what i can't keep taking off work what are we going to do because mom and dad are starting to act like they're not doing well at home and they're they're probably not doing as well at home um ideally It's best when we can work with the families proactively. And this is why, because the family relationships are better now than they're ever going to be, right? (laughs) Mom and dad's healthier today than they're going to be six months from now. The care options today are going to be better than if you wait until you're in total crisis mode and mom needs care, she's going to end up in whatever nursing home or facility has an open bed. So it's just, it's actually just basic common sense, if you have
0: that, it really (laughs)
1: is. I mean, it honestly is. If you want to have success in anything in life, you don't wing it. (laughs) You actually put a strategy in place. It's just common sense. So you have aging, you have aging parents. Let's, let's talk now while things are still going okay so that you could, your parents will have better quality options and it's more affordable. Meaning for example, A lot of clients come to us and they have financial advisors and they have, you know, bits and pieces of a plan in place, but they don't have their estate documents in order. And so now that they're in crisis, now they're having to pay double for an attorney to come out to the hospital or wherever because they didn't, you know, they didn't plan ahead from that perspective or they didn't plan ahead at all. And so dad's lost capacity and now they're paying thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for guardianship and conservator legal fees because they didn't plan ahead. And those are all parts of there's a, there's 25 components to an aging plan, but unfortunately the, the reality is 92% of our clients come to us in crisis mode where Mm -hmm. mom's a caregiver to dad. He has dementia. Mom's been weak and tired and saying for months that she hasn't felt well. She's exhausted. She looks exhausted. She's lost weight. She's not getting to her own doctor's appointments. And so, so unfortunately the kids don't see the they don't see that that's a problem that's only going to snowball into something worse and then oftentimes the primary caregiver dies not surprisingly they die or they have a stroke or some sort of medical issue and now the kids are forced sure. into being like oh crud what are we going to do because dad's not safe to stay at home and now what are we right. going to do well, dad ends up now in whatever memory care facility has an open bed because they didn't think to plan ahead so
0: You had mentioned a list of 25 different items, a checklist, if you will. Do you have tools at CareWrite yourself that you talked about a meeting amongst all of the interested parties, the state family members? Who or how do you get a hold of this kind of resource from yourself? Or is it that something that they go through at home as homework and then kind of reconvene with you or go through those 25 steps with you?
1: So there's there's two two methodologies one is if they're proactive then we can you know then we're not all rushing trying to fit in you know four or five different family meetings in the next couple three days like what happened earlier this week you know if if they're proactive we have the luxury of time and a slower pace to put things together so they can absorb all the information that we're teaching them because we're really educating them so they can make informed decisions but when they wait when the families wait until they're in crisis or they re- finally realize that their parents are in crisis mode um then we have to all kind of drop what we're doing and fit these family meetings in because care is needed. and so we have to put care in place for these folks. So um you know the to to work with us is that's how to get an aging plan you they become a client, right? But we also teach them, How to be a bold advocate, the care in these communities has uh, the quality of care in the communities has really um, plummeted since the pandemic for a number of reasons, but um, so we teach families how to be a bold advocate if they choose to be their parents advocate. We teach them how to tour care communities with confidence. That's an eight, that alone is an eight page checklist in case the family wants to do this on their own. They can, you know, we'll provide the tools and then they go do the tours using the checklist. But the reality is most of our clients, they're, it, it's intimidating having to make these types of decisions, not just one decision. It's, you know, there's 20 different Oops. decisions that families have to make. And that's intimidating considering they're coming into this kind of cold because they've right. never had family meetings about any of this stuff. So that's why, that's why it can be time consuming for all of us, because I have to educate them. I have to get them emotionally back on track as much as I can. And we've got to also get their family relationships enough on track that they can work as a team (laughs) to um, to help mom and dad with care decisions
0: it's not only like a counselor to what the actual practical steps on taking care of a parent who cannot take care of themselves but really kind of sounded like mending mending bridges or mending fences (laughs) but among the members of the support group sounds like
1: yeah it's, it's a lot of things in one it's it's Family, we're not counselors and therapists, but we we've got it but I am a family mediator as well. Right. So most of the clients by the time they come to us, they need mediation and that takes time I and, see. and have to kind of referee and, and help the family stay on track and be like, I'm sorry things happened 30 years ago, but let's focus on right now because right. <laughs> because your parent needs you to make some decisions now.
0: You so, can't put yourself in the time capsule, right? Absolutely that's right. to resolve what had happened 30 years ago, right? And
1: and then, you know, the reality is most families, you know, they, they don't know what they don't know. And it's, it's intimidating. It's scary. And unfortunately, when families started moving away from each other, if they didn't invest the time, effort, energy, and resources in maintaining relationships with each other, then when they get that crisis call that dad's in the hospital, or mom had a major stroke, the kids have to get reacquainted as, as siblings and figure, then figure out what to do with mom and dad. And so, unfortunately, most families come to us pretty um, misinformed and uneducated. They'll, they think Medi- they'll use Medicare and Medicaid in the same sentence as if it's the same sure. type of program. They think Medicare, <laughs> I know about that. You know about that. <laughs> and they, they'll think that Medicare pays for all this long-term care. They think Medicare should pay for my services and they don't, you know, we're fee right. for service because we're client we're client focused Um, and we don't sell product or anything like that. It was, it's, it's all we're a consultancy. Um, Families will say, you know, assisted living and nursing home in the same sentence as if it's the same type of care. So we take them through kind of a, if you will, a curriculum of here's what independent living is. Here's what assisted living is. Here's what memory care. If you have two aging parents and they need two different kinds of care, you have to plan for that and be on the waiting list of different care communities because otherwise you're going to end up with mom in facility a and dad in facility B. And that is not what, ma- that's just not what parents want. They, they want to be together. So, so the only way to marry mom and dad's goals of aging in place at home and what that really looks like and how much that can really cost and right. not being a burden on their kids. That's, yeah. that's mom and dad's goal. The kids' goals are always the same. I want mom and dad to be hate happy safe have the best quality of life and the best quality of care possible so the only way to marry those goals is through putting a plan together
0: once you go through the steps and now you've pulled together you've mediated across the uh the support group if you will and i'm cuz it could be a niece and nephew it's not necessarily yeah, siblings that's right, right. That's whoever right. responsible adult group is if you will yeah. Now you've got some gone through these 25 steps and gone and educated them on these different nuances of memory care versus you know full-blown skilled nursing facility care, et cetera. Who actually executes the steps? Do you leave it to the support persons or do you go with them or how does that actually so work? We,
1: yeah, so we actually, so on that Last family meeting when we're kind of buttoning everything up, and we've done our discovery, and we've educated the family on on what to expect with aging, or dementia, or caregiver burnout, or end of life, because they're coming to us all with unique variations of the same thing, but each family is obviously unique, right? Sure. Um, So on that last family meeting, we're saying, okay, here's what needs to be done. Here's the referrals I'm going to make because that's what we are. We're kind of the hub, and then we clients have access to our trusted network of professionals. Like you're in our trusted network of professionals for Medicare specialist types of needs. Um, And so we, we say, here's what needs to be done. Who wants to implement it or who wants to be responsible for these things? Or do we want to outsource it to someone else? Like does the daughter want to, become a Medicare specialist expert and spend her time and energy learning what you do? No, of course not. They don't have time.
0: I wouldn't so suggest I, that.
1: <laughs> I would not suggest it either. That's why I don't do Medicare I'm stuff. That's you. why I have you. I'm that's I don't want to learn it either. I just I just do well with what I do. I stay in my lane and refer stuff out so that families are buttoned up. And so they, the family can decide if they want to have us implement the plan or if they plan on doing it themselves. Now the families that have said, oh, I think we've got it from here. <laughs> I'll, I'll check in or one of my teammates, I have 18 employees. So one of us will check in with a family and be in a month or so and be like, okay, so how are you coming with this whole aging planning? And have you done the tours yet of the different care facilities? And they're like, no, because I, yeah, I, I work I, off. You know, I took so much work <laughs> off with all of mom and dad's crises. I don't have time to take off work to go do the tours, or we don't have time to go contact the attorney. And so then that's when you know then they go on to what we call a care package, and then it's a monthly retainer where we schedule the tours, we join them virtually as a coach to say make sure that the admissions person doesn't overpromise right. <laughs> that care community can actually offer.
0: Deliver, right.
1: We do a care matrix, you know, so we, we, by the time the families start doing the tours, we've already educated them on levels of care, what to expect with, here's how sick mom and dad can be in assisted living. And here's what memory care looks like. And here's what nursing home,
0: Mm. and we've
1: done what's called a care matrix. So we've already done all the research in the family's geographic location that they wanted us to research on what care options are available. So if mom lives in Arizona, but daughter lives in Cincinnati, Ohio, it's not realistic to expect that the daughter is going to keep dropping what she does to fly at twelve hundred sure. bucks a pop every time there's a crisis. Right. So oftentimes parents end up moving near one of their kids. So we get the waiting list. Do they allow cameras? Does the does the person have to be vaccinated? What's what's the financial requirement? What levels of care do they offer? So that care matrix saves the family the time, money and stress of having to do all this research on their own and waste even more vacation days blindly touring facilities because they don't know what they're they don't know what they're looking for. So we already say, okay, here's 5 to 8 different care facility options. Do you want us to schedule the tours and accompany you or how do you want that to go? Most families, because they are coming to us in crisis, they're horribly burned out and they have the means to then say, "Okay, let's have care rights team implement the plan. We'll have care rights advocacy division, you know, check in on mom virtually to make sure and and go to the care conferences and interface with the physicians and so forth so that the family can just be the son or the daughter or the niece and the nephew or the spouse and not have to be the care, care patrol, care advocate, care coordinator, all the stuff that we do as well.
0: Once you have this list and then you have your service that check, you know, on the monthly retainer, if you will, is it your experience that the hand, the guidance that you're providing is then the catalyst to actually, you know, you've know, you got this long checklist of so many different topics you've mentioned in just 20 minutes that, you kind of think, okay, well, did I forget one, et cetera, et cetera. It seems like if I'm hearing it correctly, your description correctly, that your coordinator's so important if in, because like you said, we've got three siblings and tasked with, you know, two items each. And if they're not checking in with each other, you kind of almost need your coordinator to be, to say, to circle the wagons, if you will.
1: Yep. Some of our clients are just on like a Kind of a, what would I call, it's not a sexy word, but a bare bones monthly retainer package okay. where, where they have decided that as a family, that they're going to implement the plan and oversee everything. And every time mom goes to the hospital, someone's going to be there, you know? um. So, so because we basically become a family project manager, right? So we yeah, we right. schedule a monthly phone call or a monthly Zoom and say, okay, here's where is everything at? <laughs> Where's what's going on with mom? What's going on with dad? What supports do you need? Is is this still the right fit for you, or are you getting burned out, or did you now have a health issue and you want us to like take the reins on what daughter Sally was doing as an example? So that way it's nimble and flexible because age the aging process is bumpy. And yes. there's in and out to the hospitals, there's falls, there's adult kids getting transferred overseas for their job or divorces or their own health issues. And so we Absolutely. just keep it as fluid as possible so that if they need to jump on services or increase services, um, then we can accommodate that. Most of our clients, once they start with us, they're on services until their parents pass away. So we, we walk them through and hand their, because we're concierge service. So we, We stay in the picture. We follow them all the way through end of life and helping them understanding dementia progression and why dad is behaving the way he is or end of life and what to expect as your loved one is starting to transition and their body is shutting down and the breathing changes and the skin coloration changes and stuff like that so that families are more equipped emotionally because then they can intellectually handle things as well.
0: Annalee, how to how does the audience everyday people get a hold of you and reach out to care right inc
1: yep yeah, very good so the best way is really go through the website it's www.carerightinc.com and that's care c a r e r i g h t i n c.com sometimes these um, these talks these podcasts or webinars uh, really resonate with people and they're like oh I have aging parents they're in and out right. of hospital what should I do I can't keep missing work or my husband's no longer supportive of $1200 airfare every time I have sure. to get to Texas you know so if this this message sounds like you we offer a complimentary 30 minute consult give us you know give us your situation and then you know you can decide if you want to work together or do you know do bits and pieces we have a la carte options for families and we have like full aging plan packages depending on what people are looking for. Um sometimes what families will do is they'll start with just the book, The Invisible Patient: The Emotional, Financial, and Physical Toll on Family Caregivers. I've had thousands of families say, I wish there was some, uh, what to do with mom and dad as they age book. So right. I wrote one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about one.
0: <laughs> I like to say when we are talking about all of the different topics and I come from a, you know, slightly different combination of topics than you, you know, you're from a social work background, you have experience at skilled nursing facilities, you know, mine is from the financial contracts, but nevertheless, I think, you know, of course, the obvious commonality is everyone has a mother yes. and, you know, dealing with, caregiving as our parents, you know, who have taken care of us, raised us to see them, you know, not their full faculties that, you know, is taught is just so brutal. Mm -hmm. Just like you said at the beginning, I've talked about long-term care and the different other financial contracts used to defray costs. And I give it the introduction of literally the elephant in the room, meaning a topic that is so tough to even talk. I'm sure that, your elder parent or elder people. I don't want to look in the mirror and talk about it myself. The yeah. idea of talking to it with my siblings or with my mother, et cetera, et cetera, just very, very difficult. So understandable in a way that people come to you under and to services like Care right under duress. I mean, I yeah. know that, it, you know, of course, it's great for us to stand up here and say, it's great to plan. It's best to plan then, you know, in theory, I 100% on board with that. In practice, we live in the real world. And so, so important that you have these other services that can deal with, used to, you know, situations mm-hmm. when there's great duress, which I don't think that's going away either. I hate to tell you, Annalie. You know, that was I, I,
1: re- I, I finally accepted that. I When I <laughs> built Care Right in 2011, because, I mean, it's just, it's when, you, when you're um, empathetic, you know, like most of us social workers are and, and those of us that are consultants and work with families. It's just, you know, this caregiver burnout issue could be prevented if families started to put aging plans in place prior to the burnout. That that's That's what gets me is caregiver burnout, the death of the primary caregiver, a lot of this could be prevented if the family communicated, if they had enough supports in place so that no one got burned out and no, you know, and their family relationships. You talk about succession planning. How sad is that, that often, like I said, you'd hope the aging process brings families together, but I'm here to tell you as a real life person who's consulted with families for over 30 years, It doesn't because people have their own relationships with their parents. They have their own idea of how things are really going and how their inheritance should be spent and combinations of a lot of other other things too that prevent people from really peeling back the curtain and saying, wow, you know, we, we really need to be putting a strategy in place so that we can all be successful as a family and mom and dad can be safe and happy.
0: Annalee, thank you so much for joining us. CareWriteInc.com. The link will be in, below in text on every video everywhere we send this video out our conversation out so valuable thank you again Annalie Kruger has been our guest here today we thank her